0: Hi Susie, Sam.
1: And for
0: having me. I am so excited to have you on here. We've been friends for, for a long time and what I like the most about you is you have got balls and you are so fearless with everything that you do.
1: <laughs> it doesn't feel like that sometimes but we'll get into that.
0: <laughs> yeah it does and whenever we've had these conversations you know privately you know you've always been really excited about the next thing coming you've always got a plan and you take your time to do these things as well which I don't do I just kind of rush into things and go full steam ahead but you've kind of taken your time to let things work which I really really like about that so I'm just going to get straight into some questions that I've got for you so you are a DJ you've been on the radio you're DJing clubs you've DJed at big festivals and you did breakfast radio up in aberdeen which is where we met each other yeah
1: yeah and
0: now you're this you know social media star with all these followers and putting all this content out online as well so there's a big mixture of things that you do people that don't know you and this is the first exposure that they've had to you they will might they might just go straight to your instagram now and say oh, she's got half a million followers. How does that make you feel if that's the first thing that people say where you've worked so hard to get to the place that you're at?
1: Um, I think it meant more to me and I was more proud of it maybe about two years ago because that's when I was right deep into it and I was like working towards it. Like I was just obsessed. And I think with anything on social media, you almost have to become absolutely obsessed with growth and providing like almost a service to your followers mm-hmm. and you have to like be consistent with putting the putting consistent with putting the content out and i think then i really valued it because it opened a lot of doors for me so mm-hmm. i would say that my growth in in following came from about 2018 to 19 um, and actually that was after uh, I'd left North Sound. So I left North Sound at the start of 2017. Um, so obviously I used to live in Aberdeen. And um, I like I liked that time and I had so much fun in the show, but that it just wasn't for me. It was just wasn't for me. I can't get up that early in the morning, like every day. It's just, it, it actually just made me really like depressed because I was like, I'm enjoying the actual show. Once I was up, I was up, but I, I mm. don't understand how people can do that every single day for a long time because it just mentally what isn't for me getting up. Yeah. Like I like sleep, <laughs> and um, it's a I'm better this way. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's also the most like sought after in radio. So when mm. I decided that I was I didn't want to do it anymore, it was quite a big thing to just go. Do you know what? Like I'm on the morning show, which is the the breakfast show, which is the the biggest show on the station. I'm just going to say bye to that. But I knew there were bigger things to come for me. So I wasn't I wasn't I was at the time. Obviously I was scared about my future because everyone was like, Oh, are you sure? Are you sure and stuff. But I just had to do it because I just wasn't happy and it wasn't the show that didn't make me happy it was just literally just just getting up at four in the morning every day just did not suit me. the lifestyle yeah the lifestyle yeah and I miss my family a lot actually I miss my family a lot because I moved to Aberdeen and I knew no one like I literally just went and lived in a new city on my own Mm -hmm. and I met people like you I met amazing people who I'm still friends with now and I still text and and like sometimes I come up and visit and stuff like that and like I, I still it's got a place in my heart but yeah, it, it just wasn't right for me. It just wasn't. Uh, And when I look back at it, I like look at my behavior at that time period and stuff like that. And I'm like, I was actually at that time just really struggling with the fact that I wanted to be on radio. But also I I really it just didn't, the fit wasn't right. And I was struggling with that in all aspects of my life. Like, and it comes through. You don't realize when you're going through something that you're going through something. I don't think Mm. it's when you look back at it and go, I was really sad there. Things were not working out for me there. And I was acting out. I was drinking maybe too much. I was doing all these things. Um, but yeah so I would say like when I was growing my following it was really important to me and now it's not so important anymore because I grew it and with a big following comes a lot of stress (laughs) and it's people at the moment people want this lifestyle like they want to be an influencer like this is a job title now that people have Mm -hmm. and like i've never ever like to defer to myself as an influencer because i don't see myself as influential to people in any way that's just the way i feel about myself like I just feel like I just live my life in front of cameras for a while and when you step out of that and you kind of realize like actually why am I living my life for other people and I would do things when I was building my following up that were potentially like I'd be like my followers are gonna love this but Mm. I didn't love it Mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 just a different I think I've got a different perspective but what I would say about num they are just numbers on a phone like and like it doesn't it doesn't justify who you are as a person the amount of followers doesn't mean that you're an ir- ir- irrelevant i can never say that word irrelevant person because mm. you've not got a big following you know yeah if like you kind take of the phone always. away
0: what does it mean yeah you
1: know? yeah like I, I, at times i would be like i wanted to delete my account and stuff during it i would be like i want to delete this and people be like are you kidding me on i like, But like like i just want a fresh start like it's just an app like i just want a fresh start from people like know because it's a lot it's a lot because what happens when you grow followers you start to get haters I guess and people are very vocal about telling you exactly how they feel about you and and you know it's like there's this screen between the two people but they don't realize they're actually speaking to a person and Mm -hmm. but then it's just there's a lot of psychological things that go along with that as well like I got really good at realizing that if someone was really nasty to me online I feel like I'm going far too ahead right now but I'm just going to keep going with it if someone was really nasty to me online because I've been very badly trolled on social media in various forms but I kind of changed my my mindset with it and thought that's their problem not mine because a happy person doesn't go on and verbally abuse a stranger so like I I kind of but you have to learn all these things and I did get hurt at the start but it's just I changed my mentality on it and I feel like now i share less and less in my life i think unfortunately it's like it's the nature of the beast like you have to share as much as possible because we are living in a generation in a society now that attention is money and attention is mm. everybody is trying to get your attention at all That's times so true. from marketing from a marketing perspective from a business perspective um and people that do well are good at grabbing attention they're just good at getting it for free that's what they're good at doing so i mean i now know as a business owner how hard it is to get attention just from not doing anything like personally and Mm. you know so it is it's you're going up against big big brands and stuff that are trying to like get your attention and they've got Mm. big marketing budgets and stuff like that so in answer to your question when I got five hundred thousand followers, I was I was happy because I was like that's a milestone. But I've kind of just stayed at that at that kind of area, and I'm losing followers at the moment. And I, I tend to lose followers when I don't post content. Yeah. Um, but I've learned that it's not the be-all and end-all, and that, like if it went away tomorrow, I'd still be me. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't define who I am. So yeah, it's a bit. It's been an interesting experience, to say the least. Yeah,
0: it sounds a little bit like your experience with the followers count and the haters that you were getting and the trolling. Changed, had an effect on you in your sort of mental health and the way that you view yourself, which in turn helped to encourage you to change the content that you're producing and what you're putting online. So it's this you've had this personal growth, but it's from this really negative experience.
1: Yeah, I think um, that my growth over maybe the past five years has been like off a lot just down to offline. Stuff like I've Mm -hmm. been going through a lot of stuff That I've had to go and get counselling and stuff like that And the hardest thing about being online and um, having things going on behind the scenes is that people don't... People will still take a jab at you when you don't know that, like, you literally could have had the worst day of your life that day or something really bad has happened to you, yet somebody's still taking a jab at you and t- commenting on your weight. Like, that's the nature of the beast and that's why, potentially, I have, over the past five years, stopped sh- sharing as much about me. Mm. um, And... For a while, I just was total... Like, I... Obviously, my name is Suzanne. We know this. Like, Susie Mack is my... In fact, if you're listening to this and you don't know me, Susie Mack's, like, my alter ego type thing. It's, like, my Beyonce Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce. (laughs) Yeah, so she's my Sasha Fierce and stuff. Um, And I really struggle at times to separate the two two, two characters. And it sounds absolutely mental when you say that. Because it's, like, what? You're two people? But, yeah, it is, like... It's almost like an alter ego where you can kind of, like, be who you want to be, more expressive, more, like, out there more, and it's hard because actually I'm a really quite uh, reserved, like, well now I am, like, yeah I used to drink and I don't drink anymore as well, that's me I'm, I'm way more reserved now than I used to be but like, um, I, like, I'm in real life, I'm more like, I'm quite a family person, I'm always with my family, like I'm I'm just complete opposite of Susie Mack, and it's mm. very hard for people, one, to be able to dissect the two, uh, because they're, they're like, hang on a minute, that's the girl that went to my school, why is she acting like she's Beyonce <laughs> like, I'm like, because I am when I'm Susie Mack. No, but when I'm Sasha Fierce. uh, But yeah, uh, so it's quite hard for other people and also me as well, because when people target your alter ego, then they're also getting through to you slightly Mm. as well. So it's a very big psychological thing to be able to do and do well to to, dissect the two.
0: I get that because, you know, I'm obviously in the entertainment biz as well. And my name is Sam Stephen and that is not my real name. And Mm -hmm. so I can, I can understand that to a point. So, but what's difficult is you say that you've got this character, Susie Mack, where, you know, a lot of the things that you're posting is this character, how, and you know that that's a character, where is the point that they can get through to the real Suzanne? You know, if you're being this character, how do you, why do you let them in?
1: So now I think that I'm trying to be more Suzanne. So I went through a full 360 of me going... Right, I'm just gonna be Susie Mack for ages online, and like, I'm gonna post lingerie pictures. I'm gonna to be total body confident, even though maybe I didn't feel that confident. I I, I like the picture, whatever. I'll post it, and um, and I kind of went very cut dry, cut and dry for a while, and now I'm kind of like, I actually don't like doing that all the time. I like being more me. So mm-hmm. I've kind of changed, like I guess now, like I, um, I was like doing, I'm on a podcast uh, where I'm able to be. Susie but Suzanne at the same time Uh, and I guess I'm kind of I've now started a new business which is not about me and not about anything to do with me it's to do with lights it's called light up electrics and I'm kind of, like, stepping away from that. Like, for instance, like, old me, right, I, I got the keys to my first flat last week, right? Old me would have been like, I'm in my flat, everyone! Like, look at my new flat, oh, my God, blah, 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 And, like, Susie mac and, like, properly, like, oh, my God, look at this, I'm going to get this and this and this. Like, shared that experience. Mm. But I actually wanted to keep that quite personal, because I'm, like, it was a milestone for me, because, obviously, to be able to buy and be a homeowner and not have to get, you know, fund like, my mum and dad give me money or to have a partner I did it on my own right so mm. like to, to buy my first house and stuff like that so but I kept that offline because I think I'm learning now like everything doesn't have to be shared and like when I was um you know at my peak and getting probably the most views I was actually in a really bad place like I was mm. I was literally in a really mentally bad place at the time um and I think what can happen online is that people almost start to not they like think of you as the character and not as a human being anymore and they kind of don't they don't they don't realize like this person's you know going through a shit time you know and they'll keep poking and you become like a kind of like a character it's not the right phrase but of, of fun. You know, you see it when you see somebody having a meltdown, like a celebrity having a meltdown or whatever, and you'll see, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, did you see what that person did? And blah, 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 blah. And, like, they need help and stuff. But people don't reach out and actually, you know, go any further than, are you yeah. okay and stuff? So, you know, I think I've learned to be more guarded now. And- do you want to
0: do you want to stick up for yourself, though? Like, where does that come from? Because, you know, I've spoken um, on, on other uh, episodes in this podcast about this feeling of um, injustice, you know and trying to convince people because you feel this sort of injustice when people are giving you feedback or they're trolling you what how does that sit with you
1: so for me great question for me it has i don't know why i just want to go great question sam Uh, again i'm using this terminology loads today 360 shot phone um i have completely changed my mentality on that kind of thing um Again, uh, that's been through the help of a really good counsellor, stroke Mm. therapist, and he basically taught me um, to realise that it's not your fault. It's like like when people are are actively being nasty towards you or picking on you for something, then it's not actually your fault. It's they've got an issue. They're not very happy. And although I can feel a little bit of, what's the word? Why can I not think of words today? What's the word when you, you kind of understand empathy towards empathy. someone when they're, um, also like you can't be like obviously like a, you can't be allowed to be bullied. So sometimes I stick up for myself. Sometimes when I up, I don't get trolled a lot. I really don't know. I think it's because the less you share, the less you get trolled, unfortunately. Mm. That this, this is the, the world we live in. Um, the more you're out there, the more you're a target for people because they're jealous. Like yep. it doesn't matter what you look like or what you do. It's just uh it's like a, it's not even a, I want to look like you thing. It's a, I am I want your confidence. Like thing that's It's something inbuilt that that's in jealousy people. with
0: them. Yeah, they've got it's, it's
1: in, the things that they don't have in their life. It, it could be if someone's and it looks like they're in a happy relationship on social media that they'll pick on that relationship and say, ah, some of my friends, like, even... Like, I've got a big following, but it's it can go down to, like, you know, people that have got smaller followings that are getting absolutely... Th- their whole lives are being dissected on forums and stuff. It's uh, mm. it's crazy. It's, it's really... And, like, making up lies. There's a lot of lies that so come with it. It, it. I personally think it really got worse during the lockdowns. Like, I think that when people um, didn't know... Needed
0: something to do. ...what was going
1: on with the world and they didn't have their job, they were furloughed and stuff like that, then then the trolling behaviour, the troll-like behaviour started. And mm. kind of you can't blame people. I know that sounds terrible, but like people's mental health has been so like destroyed by what's going on in the world. Like, and if people weren't even able to like access like mental health services. And it's really hard if you're just like, you know, mm. you, you can't pay for counselling and stuff like that. It's really hard to, so you can kind of see why that would happen not saying it's right, but you can see, like, uh, I I definitely got more, I got more trolling during lockdown and stuff, but in regards to uh, the kind of, like, me wanting to clap back at people and stuff like that, like, I do it sometimes, but now I've started to realise that if someone says something nasty towards me, it's, it's because I'm insecure about what they're saying, so I've kind of 360'd, oh my god, Nise, stop saying that phrase, I've kind of, like, Switched the way that I switched the way that I think. I'm gonna about call it this Susie Mac 360. 360. Uh, I've switched the way I think about that, and I think like if somebody comments on my weight and stuff, like I'm secure with my weight, so it doesn't actually bother me now. Before mm. it did. So I've like learned like um, people that get upset about trolling, it tends to be that they are very insecure about the things they're being trolled about, mm. and I know it can, I'm 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 not I'm not saying that trolls don't say outrageous things because they do they say outrageous things and they pick on people but like if you're not insecure about it it's not going to bother you you know there's been people for for years forget about the internet like even like footballers and stuff who are getting absolutely i like assassinated off the pitch and stuff like that by rival fans like there's been people forever this this behavior like online behavior and trolling and stuff is not something new it's happened forever yeah. Like it's happened together in it, it, different ways. It
0: reinvents itself, doesn't it? Yeah, this, this bullying and in, in trolling and we've we've all had it in different forms. And yeah. it is interesting though. I've seen a big, big change in behaviour from certain people that have been posting things online, and a lot of it's to be you know down to the pandemic and having their own opinions on it. But they started posting on like their business pages. Like their personal feelings about stuff as well and I think that people are, have lost themselves a lot in this past year you know mm. due to and they don't go- even
1: know though they don't even know yeah. they re- really don't know like I, again as I say when you're going through something and you're or you're like affected or your mental health is affected you tend to not even know that, mm-hmm. that that's happening and you then it's in ret- retrospect when you look back at it then you realize I wasn't good at that time or why was I acting like that? So, yeah, I I feel like I've learned that if it's things that I'm insecure about, it will affect me and I'm now trying to take my ego in check and go, this is just upsetting my ego because I want people to think this about me and that, but actually it's out of my control. Like what <clears> people <throat> think about you really is out of your control. No matter what you try and do, like you can't change their thoughts. Like you can't, like if somebody just sees you as something... It could be from the way you look or the way you dress, or the way you walk down the road or anything. They're always going to have that image of you in, your, in their mind, right? Okay, you can do things that change it potentially, but why should you even give those people that time? Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. what the, are you trying to prove?
0: All of us, you know, we're, we're looking for love. And we are wanting to give love and we want to receive love. When we really, truly think about everything, it always comes back to love. But that, you know, manifests in many different forms, you know. So, like, for example, you know, we want to make an impact. So that impact could be impressing people or doing well at our job or putting our best foot forward in any situation. But when you get lost and you're in that moment that you've been speaking about, and you don't realize you're there, that impact becomes the response to you doing that becomes this erratic behavior, you know? So it sounds like you've been in that position where you've had that sort of erratic behavior that's maybe like ego-driven and now you've done the work and you go, actually, I can feel this coming and I know what I'm going to do here and this is where I'm going and this is how I'm going to respond now because my reaction is going to determine the impact that I am placing on people, you know?
1: I, th- I think what you're trying to say is, from you knowing me personally, you you see growth in me, and oh, like you 100%. see me, like I'm a different person now than I was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And but then I think I will never be too hard on myself for that time period because when you are in your twenties, like forget your teens and stuff like that. Like see, when you hit to your twenties, you like you don't know what like life it's really confusing. Life is so mm. confusing because there's all these things that start to like creep up on you like, oh, when are you going to get married or you're in a relationship with someone then you end up in relationships with them and they can be complicated and, you know, maybe someone's not ready for like the,
0: yep.
1: the a relationship or like, or you might want to travel the world or you might want to get, you want to try a new job or your parents might be putting pressure on you to do this and that. And it's like, there's a lot of pressure on you in your 20s but see, once I hit my 30s, I kind of calm down. I swear, I kind of like, down like mm. i'm nearly two years sober um wow. from alcohol and like, i'm sober from everything else don't know why i made that, I that there. like i'm not on anything else um but i'm two, nearly two years That's sober great. On, in october or november i think it's the start of november so i feel like like i've totally That's like helped changed as well yeah, yeah. Majorly and i know that that
0: i remember that that was really important to you as well becoming sober And that process of alcohol and it's a real difficult journey you know i've been sober for nearly a year now Uh you know and and you've tried you
1: you've done like little spouts of you know going it going sober for a year and then maybe like you you drink again or whatever
0: yeah i I think i did it the first time was maybe three years ago and i yeah i went sober for you know a couple of months And I did it for charity, and it did for a mutual friend of ours for a charity that's close to her heart. And in all honesty, you know, I wanted to do it for a certain amount of time, but I just found the pressure of it too much, and I just wasn't ready. But I had that three months where I was completely sober, and that's what I needed in that moment for me to be like, right, this process is coming, you know. And it sounds like you've had those moments as well where you've pulled it back, and then you've... You know, done the work that you needed to do and you've kind of given yourself the chance to figure it out.
1: Yeah. Like it is. Like I think the whole process of of getting sober is realizing that that um for me it was like I realized that I'm not happy. Like I, I feel really shit if I go like if I go on benders and like um like I'm out on a night out and I just feel terrible the next day. And I think the older you get, the harder that gets. It's- anyone will tell you that but also just like the fact that your mental health is so affected by the whole situation Mm -hmm. and um for me it's like I toyed with it for a while toyed with it I did like sober October's and stuff and I was like I feel great and Mm. then I remember I went on this bad date I don't know if I've ever told you this but I went on a really bad date with someone and um like he left at the table. And then I ended up getting really drunk that night because I was just like, do you know what? Like, this is terrible. Like, my date has not worked out fine. And do you know that the worst thing about that night was that he egged me on to drink. He was like, I was like, I'm just going to drive. And he's like, oh, no, don't be, don't be boring. Come and have a drink and all that, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I, I was like, I didn't even want to drink that night. I remember going, why am I even doing this? Like, I could have just driven here. I got a taxi here for no reason. And anyway, so he left me in the restaurant because he's got his own issues, I think. And I hope he's better because I don't wish Ellen anyone. But so I, at the end of that night, I ended up getting really drunk. I woke up the next day and I was just like, I'm not drinking again. Mm. And I've not drunk since. So wow. like sometimes you have to hit like a wee bottom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the worst bottom in the world. Like I, to, in order to realise like you don't want that anymore. Mm. Um, but it, it's coming up for obviously two years. And it's I was quite lucky because COVID, COVID shut us all in last year. So I didn't have to deal with, summertime's the hardest time to not drink alcohol I think because everyone's like come out for like you know like uh, let's go for brunch or like go for like a day session stuff like that and and I've had so many good experiences it's really hard it's like retraining your brain to to go actually that's not that good for you anymore Mm. you know like that's not that doesn't work for you like it it doesn't make you a, a nice person to be around and stuff um but, yeah, so yeah, so Brian I think it makes it really you a does. better
0: person. I think it makes you a better person now for realizing that you know and being able to and and you're not the sort of person as well that because you you're doing this like you don't force that on other people no you know like you are quite happy with your own path and where you're going you know and you do see a lot of people that are you know vegan or don't believe in the vaccine or and you know they're throwing these things down people's faces and it's such a personal choice and there's i mean there's a long list of things that i i do in my life that you know people don't agree with or people think are weird but I've always stuck to my gut and stuck to the, and understood that there's a process. And I think that's really important to to understand that process, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think um, the heart, like, it's really hard when you come from Scotland and drinking culture is such a massive thing in Scotland. Like, I don't see a point in trying to preach to people about the benefits of not drinking alcohol because I see more and more people that I know, like, from school and stuff like saying oh I'm one year sober and stuff I think it's a personal journey like you have to like realize that do you know what like you don't need you don't need to drink alcohol to to be fun you don't need to drink alcohol to have a good time Uh, there's millions of things you can do in life that don't involve alcohol but I think it's like you have to push yourself almost at the start when you do give up, like to experience things completely sober. And it's very strange. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've not, I've not done because of lockdown, I've not been to a music festival, like completely sober, which I don't know if I'll even like the experience. Like And now I, I don't enjoy being in pubs and stuff just because I don't enjoy being around drunk people now. It's just not, mm-hmm. this. it's just a different, it's a weird experience. It's it's, like, a coming,
0: it's like, an age like, thing as well, isn't it? Like yeah, you said.
1: totally. I feel
0: the same. I feel the same.
1: I know, so, I'm proud of
0: you. Thanks. I'm proud of you as well. It really, it's really nice to like see this lighter version of Suzanne, you know? This.
1: Um, I'm not lighter in other ways. <laughs> hey,
0: I'm not lighter in other ways.
1: I don't think all. anyone's lighter in other no. ways at all right now. I think everybody's yeah. put on about 2 stone at least.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm going with it wearing black at all all times. I went and times. got some cl- clothes the other day. And I was like, I'm not going to need these clothes in a couple of months time because I'm going to lose weight. I said, but I'm going to have to buy something now. You know, I've really pushed the wearing hoodies and sweatshirts and all of that for, for too long. So I want to ask two more questions and then we'll wrap up. So you've had a lot of trolling and you've had negative messages that have been aimed towards your weight and the way that you look and the way that you present yourself. So, and you've come on this real journey through personal development, through experience. And, you know, we touched on that a second ago where, you know, because of that experience, it's fueled you to be really aware of what you're doing and how you're presenting yourself to the world. So you are walking down the street. It's a non-COVID world. It's the middle of summer and you meet somebody and instead of hiding behind their phone, they're just trolling you to your face this is two years ago how do you react two years ago and how do you react today
1: i'd probably want to punch them two years ago <laughs> i'd probably want to punch them two years ago but see like now i think i'd be like what who hurt you <laughs> like what is wrong with you like
0: yeah
1: that's so... um that's what i would be thinking like what is worse, who who hurt you like Honestly, like, there's I've read so much shit about myself online. It's horrid. It's actually horrible. But you just think, like, oh, honestly, happy people live their lives. They don't care about strangers. Like, they don't. They're out having fun with spending time with their family and their children and, and like enjoying life. And and like, I understand, right? Everybody does not have to like you, but you don't need to target people. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you don't have to agree with somebody. Like, we, we can agree to disagree in life um, and see when you realise that, like, not everyone's going to like you. Because I think that's the biggest thing. I think we all want to be liked by everybody because we want to, co- in life, we want to be, co- like, be known as a nice, good member of society, a good person, you know, that, you know, tries the best, works really hard. And, you know, that's what we want to be known as. We don't want people to go like, oh, that person's a bitch or that person's nasty or evil or we don't want that. We want to be liked by people. It's something that happens to us when we grow up. We're kind of from childhood. We want to be liked and loved, as you said earlier on. But you have to also be okay with the fact that not everybody's going to love you. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just a, a thing you have to accept as well. So I'll just walk away now. Really like... Yeah there's nothing you can do to change that other person's mind you can yeah if they feel like that they feel like that it's hard but also yeah it's just like moving away from like negative energy as well like yeah
0: put yourself on. in the right place yeah yeah Making i'm not sure saying that everyone needs to kiss your
1: arse around you because you need to be told by people around you actually like that's not a good move or you need that you need that criticism but i think it it has to come from like a, a valued place someone mm-hmm. that you trust and you 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 know that they love you yeah. deep down they're just trying to help you if you know yeah so i'd walk yeah. away but i'd probably be like who are you who, who hurt you yeah Do you want my therapist number <laughs> yeah
0: i know yeah. <laughs> um and then the final question is so i called this podcast headphones in because I wanted this to be an opportunity for the audience to put their headphones in and have a chance to have a conversation and without the pressure of having to talk back. So they can put their headphones in and listen to all these incredible stories like yourself of people that have come through with resilience and strength, but perspective is the most important thing. Because that's mm-hmm. what I found in this past year's is perspective is the thing that has got me through. So headphones in, putting your headphones in, taking a moment to yourself to have a conversation, to look deeper in the hope that it propels them into the right place to have conversations that they need to have. What is your moment of headphones in? What do you do to take yourself really back to the core and listen to yourself?
1: So I do a lot of like thinking of myself as a young like a child like young Suzanne Mm -hmm. and I think like what did she want what did she want in life like Um. and then I go if I if like when I was younger what did I think I could do what was what how did I feel about achieving things and young Suzanne was always very you can achieve anything honestly I don't know where it came from it certainly didn't come from my parents or anything like that even though my mum and dad are really supportive of me there's an inbuilt confidence that I had as a child and maybe it was when I went to drama classes and acting and stuff like that it maybe helped build that but I think about myself when I was younger and like I think about like things that have hurt me and stuff and I just think right going forward let's make young Suzanne proud mm. does that make wow. sense yeah it like, really think does like I like that like look at look at look at like young Sam and just think what did young Sam want to do in the world and what were the dreams and ambitions and like what inspired young Sam and like stick to that path because you go off when you become an adult you you forget that you were a child and you yeah. kind of go off on a tangent you need yeah. to listen to your inner child that's what you need to do nobody taught me that it's just something that I do and I do it a lot like I was at like, my yoga class this very morning. Preventive. And I, d- I do it when I a- when I was in, like, uh, the meditation part or yoga. I, d- I often think of young Suzanne and I just think, am mm. I letting her down? I'm letting her down right now. So doing this, I'm letting young Suzanne down. I sound like an absolute mentalist on here. I've got my no, personalities. I've got my <laughs> <laughs> inner child. i
0: never, never, ever thought about that. You know, and I got, like, shivers when you said that, that you referenced <laughs> young Suzanne, because I have spent, you know, the best part of... You know, my professional career working in education. And everyone always says to me, Why do you do this? And I'm like, I do this because I had a shit time as a child and I, at school. And I want to be able to be, change happens from within. And no change is going to happen unless somebody is in there challenging change, especially in a very privileged white Northeast city in Scotland. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. And there's been a lot of unhappiness that I've had to go through in order for me to get to that point of right I'm proud that I managed to stand up for this or I've had these conversations today but now adding in that reference to young Sam and what what does he want as well you know visualizing that person rather than just thinking about my experience I'm going to now visualize that person you know and and say and speak to that person and say you know what do you want
1: yeah like at I think that it's really quite life-changing because if you just keep thinking about that, that person, that child, and you just keep thinking about all the decisions you make in life and would, would like, I always think, like, I feel like sometimes like, I'm very much, like, forced to be an adult. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I'm almost, like, um obviously in my social media and stuff, it's very, like, I'm sexualized. I'm, like, it's, like, I'm somebody that I don't feel like I'm inside. Yeah. Um, and I guess I've played on that. For part of my career, I've played on that, and I do get a bit of like I do get a kick out of that slightly because it's nice to be to get that kind of attention and stuff. But like realistically, I know that I'm the child (laughs) inside, like, and I know that like actually that that doesn't really make me feel good. Yeah. Like other things make me feel good in life, so it's like learning that and then realizing like going forward, this is this is the path that I I need to choose. And I for me, you're like your Sam Young Sam moment. For me, Suzanne, it's like, I want to be a really successful DJ. I want to perform all over the world and I want to prove that someone from Paisley, where I'm from, can do that and also not have to, like, I don't conform to the beauty standards probably of all the female DJs that have you know, being successful and stuff. And they're, they're different and few and far between, but there's been no one like me, right? So that's what I want to to prove. I, wanted, I want to do that. And that's yeah. what young Susie would even... She probably didn't know it would be DJing, but she knew it was performance. So, like, I have to do that going forward. So, um, actually, like, thanks for having this chat because it's actually inspired me a little bit more because I'm like, right, get back into my music and stuff because that's yes. what I really enjoy doing. Really enjoy doing. Yeah. Yes!
0: <laughs> I wonder what young Susie
1: <laughs>
0: and, and young Sam would be doing if we met when we were younger and having this friendship for as long as we've had this friendship has been wonderful but I, I imagine how different would life be if we had people like each other from an early age we'd probably, probably doing be routines.
1: yeah we'd yeah. probably be <laughs> singing
0: the Spice Girls in like our bedrooms yeah. and exactly yeah.
1: exactly oh my god I wish I'd met young Sam when I was younger
0: <laughs> hey well we can uh visualize young sam and young susan dancing away to yeah. the spice girls tonight
1: <laughs> yeah let's do that <laughs> <laughs>